Hey guys, and welcome to the next episode of the Shane Walsh podcast. So we have a special episode today. It was one of, it's what I'm working with on my, with my one-to-one clients an awful lot, and my group coaching clients in the Female Fat Loss Program, which is how to get the results that you're looking for and keep them off. Because I think so many people have tried so many different diets, you can name a few, and they've struggled to keep the results because they've involved restriction. They've involved silly names, they've involved taking out a food group, the mindset hasn't been great, then they beat themselves up. A shame stick can be beaten. Some have involved sins, some have involved a per- paying per- someone to weigh them in every week in a parish hall. If that works for you, great. But the vast majority of clients that I work with on a daily basis have come from some sort of background around that. So my job is to educate my clients, educate people who listen to this podcast, which I'm very, very grateful for, in order to be able to have the tools, the belief, and the fearlessness to actually go and get the results they're looking for. So the first point that I'm gonna kind of talk about is, I know there's a big announcement coming next Monday on the 13th of March. There's a massive announcement coming. Uh, So it's something that has been created by my clients for new clients so I don't know any other coach that has something that's designed by clients for clients I know coaches that have designed things for clients 100% but this is a little bit different so keep an eye out on that if you want to get the sneaky sneaky answer in beforehand pop me a DM and I'll be able to kind of chat you through it and it's it's basically something that will be able to be financially affordable for the vast majority of people Um, it works out about just over one euros about 150 a day 170 a day so what we're going to talk about is how to keep the weight off and yeah so the first one is we need to accept that restriction or suffering isn't the answer so this is one of those things that i think a lot of people are recognizing at the minute is their belief system around dieting or losing weight means taking out of food it means taking out a food group but it's and that induces more difficulty that induces hardship and if we can't match up to those expectations what we tend to do is we beat ourselves up with that stick of i'm a failure i'm weak i've no willpower why can't i do this why can mary lose this and start comparing everyone else to yourself and then you beat yourself up and you get frustrated and then generally food will come into it as a way to kind of get through that that rough time or through um lack of emotional yeah, just through lack of emotional support or lack of emotional awareness or through emotional avoidance. So we need to really, really start to accept that like in order to lose weight successfully, you need to define what lose weight successfully means to you. If you're someone that is is losing the same five to ten kg and unable to keep it off, losing weight for successfully could be keeping it off for a year, two years, three years, four years, five years, whatever it may be. For other people, it could be, well, I'm just going on a holiday and I want to do a cut. I want to do a diet for eight weeks and get ready for a wedding or do a holiday. And then they're okay with the, the results. It's the, There's two different types of people and it's figuring out which one are you. But the vast majority of people who listen to this are people who are looking to improve their relationship with food, who are looking to get lasting results, who have come from yo-yo dieting backgrounds, who are looking to get the results that they've never had or they've had but they've had to induce suffering into it so what generally happens when we're in that mindset of needing to restrict or we're needing to suffer is that 
the it's the almost the pass fail mindset is at play so you're kind of like well in order to pass this i need to suffer if i don't suffer i fail this and you need to ask the question and i heard this question i can't i can't, I can't remember where i heard it from but it was the question was well how do you fail food how do you fail food you can't fail food so if we can't fail food what's the issue it's normally that our mind is in chaos it's in turmoil there's perfection mentality there is relationships there's grief there's trauma in childhood somewhere along the line there's expectations are way off the chart and we don't know how to get to them but these this idea of that the mind is in chaos and chaos loves company and chaos loves misery and misery loves company and if we're so attached to that idea of that the mind is in chaos well then a diet's not going to fix that weight loss isn't going to fix that fat loss isn't going to fix that because you can't diet your way out of a shit mindset it's really difficult to accept that for some people and once you start to accept that letting go of actually restriction or hard dieting or those food rules is to let go of control um people will kind of like ramp up here and say well well i've never really been in control exactly so your mind your mind is in control you're not in control and food is in control so if the mind is what's directing things we need to address the mind so because generally when people think this food is good or bad it's generally coming from that's been taught to us it's generally a reflection of how we feel about ourselves that's been taught to us that we project onto the food so for example if you have pizza for example you could have overeaten and you could say to yourself i shouldn't have done that i have overeaten i'm a weak person i'm a shit human i'm a failure what's the point those sentences those words come into it but if you look at it from a point of view what's in charge you're projecting how you feel about yourself onto that food the food isn't bad the food can't be bad it's not going to come in and kidnap your family it has no morals but it's more thinking about what you make that food mean how does what makes pizza bad well the calories are more compared to what compared to what if i gave you the option of say a, a certain protein bar versus an avocado which one's worse or which one's better well the avocado on some some times would be higher calories does that make the higher the, the avocado worse for you than the protein bar you have to think about it and weigh it up that way and it's not food versus food because all food needs context all emotions need context all thoughts around food need context but letting go of that control that food has over you is letting go of that thought that you need to be miserable it's letting go of that belief that you can fail this because what happens to an awful lot of people is if, if they think they can fail they don't try and if they think they can fail it's like they don't even fully commit because they're scared of failing but you're failing by not even trying you're failing by not even fully committing thinking that you're going to get a quick fix is going to make things better for you the ironic thing with quick fixes is it takes the pro makes the process a hell of a lot longer for most people and my job as a coach is to work with my clients 
drop the food rules look at where certain stigmas around food are coming from and try to incre- increase the increase the method of when you expose yourself to that food rather than that restrictive method like every single one of my clients bar two probably drink bar every most of them go out in the weekends most of them have a meal out at least once or twice a week and they still get results but it's having that educational tool it's it's letting go of that i can't have this because if we put something up i can't have this it means that it's almost at a that food is up on a pedestal and if we can't match up to that expectation of a food we beat ourselves up even further so if we say i can't have food what's going to happen you're going to mind's going to wander it's like well i want that food and then when you have it you're going to beat yourself up because you shouldn't be having it and then you're going to judge yourself as a bad person but if we create some sort of like this this is something that people need to accept is that getting rid of that pass fail mindset is huge but also getting rid of that kind of identity that you're a good or bad person for having certain foods because the foods have no feelings they have no morals it's how we feel about ourselves being projected onto that food so one way that could be helpful is creating some sort of routine around food most people will try to wing fat loss or try to wing weight loss and they're like well i don't want to be controlled i was like well you're being controlled at the minute by food unfortunately because you don't know how to deal with your emotions you've never been taught so food's in charge at the minute you have no control at the minute yet we don't want to bring in some sort of structure or routine into your weeks a lot of the when when clients truly accept that they need some sort of strategy or some sort of week of routine it makes a hell of a lot easier and that could be simply getting a food shop in on a sunday it will even having some sort of if you have food shop in on a sunday you'll know generally what you're having for majority of the week most people eat the same things monday to thursday and the friday saturday and sunday routine changes but if you can keep a routine majority of the time that overrides that thinking process of decision fatigue and that decision fatigue of what should i be having i don't know if i'll have this i'll have this but then you're getting tired and tired and tired you're getting more stressed and you'll end up picking in the presses a lot more but rather than saying right i'm gonna plan some of my meals i'm gonna have foods in my house that are going to aid my journey that could help you a lot more and create that routine will almost override that decision fatigue will override those feelings you have about certain foods in a way not all all not all of it but it can help to override that feeling around things so in order to truly keep weight off and fat loss results you need to accept that restriction and suffering isn't the answer and you need to get rid of that pass or fail mindset around things the second option is a thing called weekly calorie average so what this looks like is if you think of it like money some people hate this analogy around money but it's the one that relates to people so i'm going to use it say if you are in order for you to be in a deficit you need around say 2000 calories now when i'm working with clients those who count calories are normally in a range of calories it's not like at 1999 calories you're in a deficit and 2001 calories you're in a surplus that's not the way it works so generally i would give them a recommendation of a calorie kind of calorie range normally about a 200 calorie range of say for example we're going to use this 1800 to 2000 calories now some people were like that's way too many calories like no no it's probably what most people will help them to be more or less restrictive but also keep themselves fuller for longer and will reduce the excess calories the higher calorie foods 
over a long term and that's what will aid them so if we're aiming for 2,000 calories a day there's 7,000 calories or seven days in a week that's 14,000 calories is your weekly average so whatever calorie allowance you have multiplied by seven that's your weekly calorie average now we try to get your calories to match up to those weeks now some people will be like well i want to have more calories in the weekend to enjoy it and have a little bit more freedom i'm like okay great in the right hands that's a great tool would i recommend it to everyone no not really but we need to think about it from this point of view of with the weekly calorie average if you are restricting yourself to point of mass destruction during the week of if your balance is like 2000 calories to get into a deficit and you're having 1200 calories that's not going to end very well because you're saving so so many calories and what will generally happen is you press the fuck up button on the weekend the weekend those meals out that people have which is great the drinks that people have which is great it's part of having a life they're always going to be there so expecting 12 weeks never to have some event or life event coming up is like expecting i don't know the tooth fairy to come down and cook your dinner it's not going to happen so what you can do is most people think that it's those meals that derail them it's not it's what you do either side it's the resetting it's a tactic you use beforehand it's a tactic you use afterwards so if you're aiming for a weekly calorie average it really does help to have that flexibility on the weekends and still have the tools and say right i'm going to have for those 2000 calories for example that you're going to bring calories down to about 17 1800 on thursday friday for your night out on saturday you have about 600 extra calories 700 calories extra to play around with on saturday and then you reduce your calories again on sunday and it will total up to that 14,000. that's the what you're aiming for now i'm not saying everyone should be at 2,000 calories but what i'm saying is that's an example that i've given too many people try to diet on too little food or eat too little food and then overeat on the weekends and build this thing of shame and guilt around it because it's what's been taught to you it's what you've learned but what we're trying to do is rewire that mindset trying to unwire that logic and say no if we aim for a weekly calorie average and i'm within that average give or take consistently that's what's going to get me the consistency that's what's going to get me results rather than this restriction that never leads to consistency reduces adherence and you beat yourself up so a weekly calorie average can help some people if they are counting calories not everyone should be counting calories so it's it's completely up to you if you are counting calories a weekly calorie average can help there are plenty i think there's three episodes on week on banking calories i probably changed my mindset from the very first episode to where it's at now but it can help allow that flexibility and sometimes that flexibility scares people but that comes back to the pass or fail mindset which i spoke about a little while ago the next one is in relation to you need to accept that that you need to drop food guilt so food guilt is generally taught to you so it'll be comments of should you be having this um i'm being good today um are you sure you should you should be having that cake or other comments about certain foods or certain rules that you have around food so that's been taught to you from childhood if you've been God, we, we're like sponges as kids we learn so much from our parents if you look at what you do right now there's probably ticks that annoy you about your parents but realistically you probably have those ticks yourself and generally that's what annoys a lot of people is when people get annoyed it's generally something they do already that we project onto them but in relation to the food guilt it's it comes from the kind of pass mindset the all or nothing mindset that perfection mindset 
that if you have that food up on a pedestal that you can't have that you because you've been it's either been taken away from you when you've been bad as a kid or it's been given to you as a reward when you're a kid you'll believe this positive feedback loop in your head of when i'm good i'm going to have this when i'm bad i'm going to take this out or i'm going to have this as a or as a kind of like a revolution or a, a revolt against whoever it was as a kid and it can be seen as a punishment it can be seen as a reward whatever it may be but food guilt implies that you've done something wrong think about it when you go to court or someone goes to court you are put up in front of a judge and you are sentenced what would you be sentenced to i don't know is the answer not a whole lot so then the overarching element of that is shame i am a bad person for having this food insert this food name here that's essentially what it's saying and those foods will be like carbs they'll be like sugar they'll be like i don't know some people would be fruit some people would be chocolate crisps pizza bread white rice pasta loads of different things they're the types of foods that people would be kind of like oh i can't have this if i have this i'm a bad person but that's been taught to you and generally what it realistically is it's a protection tool that you've created for yourself because that's what it's been created that ecosphere that's that kind of so ecosystem has been created for you and what that is kind of saying to yourself well if i have this i'm a good person and it's more about what other people think of you for having those food you're projecting onto what you feel about yourself onto that food so think about it if you say you shouldn't have food and then you have it you're going to create a story around yourself a protective tool around yourself that you shouldn't be having that food and then when you have that food you're going to say you're a bad person because that's what you think everyone else is going to think about you having that food now think about it does karen down the road really care that you're having pizza probably not and if she does that sounds like a her issue we have to remember that we're not as important as we think you're not sitting there right now i wonder what shane had for lunch there's the case in point that's the case in point you're not wondering what i've had for lunch so why would someone else worry about what you're having for lunch no one really cares what you're doing on a daily basis it really is that's kind of simple and it's looking at well you need to drop food guilt because that's been taught if you drop food guilt it's a hell of a lot easier for you to to move forward and food guilt means you've done something wrong so if you look at it from the logical brain point of view what have you done what would you be sentenced to prison for having that certain food now use the logic brain not use the chimp brain use the logical brain think about it what would you be sentenced to for having the carbs now we all need carbs if we didn't have carbs we wouldn't have energy if we didn't have carbs we those who have menstrual cycles wouldn't have menstrual cycles we wouldn't be able to perform during sports those people that we worship up on a pitch or a course or whatever a racetrack or whatever they have carbs in their body in order to perform at their best so if we didn't have those foods we would be asking for trouble we'd have not a whole lot of energy we would be struggling mentally physically and some people perform better on low carbs high fats all that stuff i know that but you need to let go of food guilt and let go of those food rules of that pass fail mindset that i spoke about at the beginning 
because until you say to yourself and stop judging yourself by morals or good or bad it's going to be difficult for you to really really accept those results that you're getting because you'll be like well i'm not worthy of these results these stories and more weight loss or fat loss isn't going to cure anything for anyone because they they'll never accept it because all you're looking is for validation you're caring what other people think if 7 billion people or 8 billion people in the world, if they all turned around to you right now and said, you're a great human, are you realistically going to be able to take it? Are you going to believe it? Probably not. So it's not about what what you what others want. It's more about you accepting yourself. And that acceptance takes time. It takes... There's days where you have bad image days or body image days. There's days where you have good body image days. There's days where you might be a little bit more tired and may talk to yourself a little bit more negatively, but that's a protection tool because rather than getting someone else to put you down, that's you joke about it and you put yourself down before anyone else can as a way to protect yourself. That's the same thing you do with food goes. You make these food rules, the mind's in chaos, you're helped by the idea that more dieting will fix it, and you're kind of like, will it really? Would you let your kids do what you're about to do? Probably not. So number one is need to accept restriction suffering isn't the answer. Number two is weekly calories. Number three is dropping food guilt. Number four is you need to stop predicting the weighing scales. Just predicting the weighing scales is like predicting the weather. Even the people on all the TV stations get the weather wrong. You need to focus more on non-scale victories. And if you're someone who's followed me for a long time, I focus more on non-scale victories. I rarely give praise to clients when they are their, their weight is dropping or their measurements are dropping. Sure, I'll acknowledge it, but I won't high-five them because that's giving that positive reinforcement loop. That's giving their validation. I'll give them validation for their efforts and their consistency with their habits, but I rarely look at it from a point of view of weight loss versus fat loss. I'm more, are they no food guilt? Are they learning to let go of restriction? Are they learning to have flexibility in their lives? So non-scale victories could look like photographs. Are you taking before and after photos? Number two could be that your, your your measurements are going down. If your measurements are going down and your weight stops, that means fat loss is still occurring. So scales can only measure weight. It cannot measure fat loss. Another one could be your clothes are feeling better. Your libido is higher. You have more confidence. You have energy to play with your kids. Your cholesterol is going down. Your improved relationship with food. All these unsexy things that aren't sold to you. If I put up something on social media right now and said I'm going to focus on non-scale victories, no one's going to buy it. If Unfortunately, if I said I will get you 5 to 10 kg weight loss, guaranteed, people will buy that. That's how we're wired. We look, Our brains are so wired to get the quickest fix possible with the least amount of suffering. But realistically, going for those quick fixes is giving us the most amount of suffering because we aren't prepared to change the habits, the behaviors around things. So when you stop predicting the scales and take it for what it is, which is a piece of plastic on the floor, I know we want validation for our efforts. I know that. That's all you're looking for from a piece of plastic. That's kind of looking like, looking, get me to look at this pen and looking for it to predict the weather. It's not gonna do it. That's what essentially you're doing with the weighing scales. You're looking for it for validation. You're looking for it to validate your efforts so far. 
But why don't you give that to yourself and say, right, I've done everything I could possibly this week and measurements are down, weight is, is steady, but have I done everything this week? Have my training been bang on? Have I improved my strength? Bang on. My clothes are feeling better. Libido is better. And yeah, feeling a lot better and everything. So why am I letting the scales? Mm, judge me here. Where did I learn this? Well, Karen in Slimming Clubs told me, I was like, yeah, but Karen, is Karen really the best person to take advice off? For 10 quid? With no training? Believing a sins is a thing? Really? Are we going to believe, listen to Karen? Pay her 10 quid a week, 520 quid a year, over two grand every four years? It's a lot of money to be never be taught anything. So, stop predicting the scales is, is another one. You need the next one is going to trigger some people, unfortunately. The goal can't always be weight loss or fat loss. That's the truth. The goal can't always be weight loss or fat loss. We need fat in our body, particularly those dimensions. Like, you need fat in your body in order to in order to have a cycle. And if you don't have a cycle, it's very difficult, and it will be physically impossible to have any kids if that's your choice. If we very very low body fat stores in our body for for performance and stuff like that, for sports and stuff, and it, it can benefit. But for general population, which are the majority of the people I work with on a daily basis, you need to at some point figure out what enough is for you. So you could feel that like 10 kg weight loss is too much for you. And then 6 kg weight loss is enough for you. And then you have the tools to go between those 3 or 4 K if you want to. For other people, it could be, well, I want to, I want to kind of lose maybe... 1kg or 2kg and learn how to keep that off and then once you keep that off you can focus on more but too many people think that more is going to solve the answer like it's important to have a maintenance phase of a couple of weeks where you're just doing the habits taking along increasing those calories that little bit more and basically focusing on your energy your sleep your stress your your focus on your strength your libido all these are your clothes feeling better all those different things so weight loss and fat loss. Fat loss is probably a better metric of success. It's how you look in clothes. It's how you look naked. Those things are a hell of a lot better. Are you more comfortable in your birthday suit? Are you looking to get, are you getting more defined? Are you building muscle? Those things that people say, well, I want to get toned. Toned means build muscle. Toned means build muscle. So are you getting more body compositions improving well that's fat loss that's fat loss so you need to look at the goal can't always be weight loss or fat loss there has to come to a point where you need to learn how to set up maintenance and any good coach will be able to tell you that because if they always push 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 weight loss do they really have your best interest at heart or are they looking for a transformation pick is there any aftercare afterwards that's a big thing to realize as well and that's the next one social support do you have support around you i was looking back at kind of old client photos today and i was looking at logs on their check-ins and stuff and a few of them really stood out to me of some of them said they didn't really have support at home for what they were doing and i remember talking to them at the time and i was kind of like well have they tried to support you previously 
And they were like, yes. And how many times have you tried to go on a diet without taking out the foods? And they were like, every single time. And then it's kind of like, well, have you said to your partner that you would like the support? And they're like, no. Okay, well, why don't you go and have that chat with their with your partner tonight? Because they, what they could believe is, oh, she's on another diet or he's on another diet or they's on another diet. So that means restriction. That means I can't, I, I need to be dealing with that low mood, that low energy, that kind of stressful person. And that could be, he could associate, or they could associate that with, with misery. And that could be a, a, a kind of a a hindrance to that relationship. And that could put a stress in the relationship. So having that support is huge. Are your kid? Are you getting your kids involved? Are you getting your partner involved? Are they helping? Are they are the kids involved with the exercises? Are they helping with the shop? Are they helping with the baking? Are they taking the progress pictures for you? Are they getting involved with the workouts? Is your partner supportive and giving you kind of like positive reinforcements? Like I had a check in this week with one of my one to one clients, and she's been with me for about I think it's about nine ten weeks at this stage. And she's absolutely killing it because she's consistent and she's worked so hard the first three or four weeks on relationship with food. And one of the things that she said was the husband had said to her that you're back. I can see the happiness in your eyes again. And to have that positive reinforcement is huge. But the funny thing is she gave herself that credit two weeks previously. So she wasn't relying on someone else to give it, but it's nice to get it from somewhere else. And that has helped her to kind of like, right, this is helping everyone. It's that positive reinforcement that's going in the right step. And that's what's going to help her along with the support, this accountability to myself, the accountability to her family. Because everyone wins. When you're in a better mood, everyone wins. If you've got more energy, everyone wins. If your health markers are a lot better, everyone wins. Too many people think that weight loss is going to solve a goal for them. It's not. It's not going to solve all the answers. And it's really, really important for us to make sure that we are acknowledging that more weight loss won't fix anything. If relationships are afraid or a relationship with ourselves is afraid, more weight loss won't fix that. It's about accepting that side of things that you are looking for everything else, but you need to look internally and ask yourself, what do you want? What are you happy enough with? What's contentment to you? These are deep, dark conversations that you need to have. Another thing that you need to look at is exercise for change the way the narrative that you see exercise. So a lot of people will say exercise is the way to lose weight. I exercise lose fat. If you change the narrative to exercising for your health or exercising for your mental health and not for fat loss, you'll get better results. That's a fact. Why? Because there's no such thing as a fat-burning workout. That's number one. There's no such thing as an ab-burning workout, number two. And there's no such thing as a fat-burning, ab-burning, glute-burning workout. That's not how it works. We don't burn fat. We burn calories. We burn energy. But nutrition is going to be the biggest driver in relation to change. Our habits and behaviors and nutrition are going to be the biggest driver to our change. So if we look at it from a point of view of moving away from seeing, so say if you're sitting there on the couch, you don't know whether to get up and go and go for that walk or go for that workout. It's like, oh, I'm doing this for fat loss. I'm doing this for weight loss. I've lost my motivation. And it's like, no, no, no. Your mood could be off, 
and motivation generally drops when your mood goes down so if your mood goes down what can you do to bring it back up well you could go talk to a friend you could go for a walk and see how you feel i've never felt worse after going for a walk that's i have a hundred percent record of that I, I did not want to go for a walk this morning did not at all but i know my exercise my walk in the morning sets me up for the day it's only half an hour in the morning it allows me to listen to a podcast or listen to an audiobook to kind of get a little bit of information to my head to study so I can improve my knowledge. So it's a habit stack. Some people could do it to a way to walk the dog. Some people could do it, walk the kids to school. Some people could do it, have a coffee and go for a coffee. All these different things. But when you see that shift of doing it for you rather than seeing it as a method to for fat loss or weight loss through walking, exercising, weight training, hit session, cycling, it's a lot more powerful and it's a lot more in line with what you say your values are some people don't like exercise i'm not going to sit here and say i've always liked exercise i hated exercise for a very very long time because of my association with it i associate it with suffering i associate it with being pushed so hard as a kid and not enjoying it so that's why i gave it up as a kind of a revolt and it's kind of like it took me a while to accept that it took me a while to hone in and say well that's where that's where the reinforcement's coming from so now how do I go and actually look and focus on what, what does Shane need? Like that sentence is quite powerful. It's like, well, what does Anne need? What does Megan need? What does Patricia need? What does Laura need? What does Carol Ann need? There's other, like, what do they actually need? What does your emotional state need? What, do your, what does your body need right now? What does your head need right now? Does it need those regular meals? Does it need sleep? Does it need an emotional need? Does it need a hug? Does it need to go for a walk just to clear your head? Seeing it as a way to burn fat or burn weight or whatever it may be is not a great method, not a great mentality to be in. And when you truly accept that, it's not really a better, it's not a bang for your book of it's your nutrition, it's your mindset, it's your habits, your relationships that are really, really going to make the biggest difference in relation to to what you're trying to do. Um, the next one is in relation to regular meals. So some people shouldn't be counting calories. Um, and what I mean by that is if someone has a binge eating disorder where they eat and they can't stop eating, that's a binge eating. They lose control. It's like an outer body experience. That's binge eating. A lot of people, a majority of people will have disordered eating patterns, which is overeating and using food as a method of coping with that method, but they could stop if they wanted to, but choose not to. That's emotional eating. So regular meals is probably the safe place to start for most people's goals. If they don't want to count calories, that's cool. But where a lot of the chaos happens for people with their chaotic mind is that they have no routine or they have no structure. So if there's no chaos, if there's no routine or there's no structure, chaos will ensue. We skip meals, we get tired, we get more irritable, we get annoyed with people at work or the kids or the family, and then we eat to cure those feelings. I've probably hit the nail on the head for 95% of people. And that's the method they try to go down. They think that if they restrict themselves during the day, that they will stop the meeting at night it's literally the opposite effect some people can do intermittent fasting they can um like i would generally 
say I would do a form of intermittent fasting, but it's generally because I'm not hungry until a certain time. And I generally don't really eat past a certain point, but I have that flexibility to eat if past that certain point if I want. So I'm not intermittent fasting, but I would say it's intermittent fasting tendencies. But I wouldn't say I'm an, I wouldn't identify as an intermittent faster. But that's what works for me. That may not work for someone else. So it's looking at real regular meals. Maybe having breakfast, maybe 10 or 11, or something small at 10 or 11. Having a lunch, having regular snacks. What that's going to do is going to give you more energy to get through the day, be less irritable. Your energy crash won't hit as hard. You're going to have more energy to get your job done, more energy to play with the kids. Everyone wins, really. And it will also, as a byproduct, will reduce you picking or snacking in the evenings on those higher calorie foods that add up really, really quickly. And if you do that, that's cool. But it's the difference is when you beat yourself up for it because you're telling yourself that I need to avoid those foods, but yet your tactic isn't in the right place. You've no system. You're winging it. You don't get a shop in because I don't like it. I don't like, I don't want a plan to control me. It's like, well, you don't have no control at the minute because the food's in control. And then when that penny drops, it's kind of like, oh shit, okay, so now I actually need to go and do something. So if my fitness body isn't working for you, you're counting calories, isn't the tool for you, having some sort of regular meal strategy could work for you in the long term. And that's, some people put a little alert, put little alarms onto their phone as a reminder to eat, that could help. I've done that previously and it helps. I know a couple of the clients are doing that at the minute, those who are very stressed and with exams and stuff are trying to remember to eat because some people get so stressed, they their hunger hormone turns off or down regulates, should I say. So that could help. The next one I'm gonna talk about is nights out. Nights out aren't what derail people. Nights out, meals out are not what derail people. They are not what derail people. It's what you do before and what you do after that derails you. It's your mindset that derails you because it likes chaos. It believes a kind of a pass-fail mindset. One meal in your whole week, if you break up your meals into three regular meals a day, I'm not saying just to stick to that. I'm saying that if you have breakfast, lunch, dinner each day, that's three meals a day. Multiply that by seven, that's 21 meals in a week. If you have one meal or two meals out a week, that's 18, 19, 20 meals that you're having that are generally what you do on a normal daily basis. If you do that more often than not, you're going to get your goal. If you work towards your weekly calorie target, you're going to get your goal. But too many people will focus on, well, I've had a night out, so I'm just going to press the fuck up button now. It's like, no, that's not really a mature approach. And you probably shouldn't be trying to diet again because what's going to happen is you're probably going to say to yourself, I'm going to start again on Monday. It's like, all right, start what? The restriction cycle again? Like, I, I know I'm coming across as a condescending prick right now and I'm very conscious of that. But it's it, that's, that's how, like, and I'm trying to make fun of that kind of mindset it can trigger some people it can help other people it's a fine line between the two and sometimes it hits home so much for some people and sometimes it's too raw for some people i know one of you on your check-ins um i said something on your check-in and i think you wrote back to me on an email afterwards like you're in my head please get out and and they accepted something that they'd been kind of pushed down for i think 20 years or something 15 years 
and they never really truly accepted themselves. And then this week's check-in is like a different person. I've already given them the back their check-in and it's kind of like, it's a completely different person. It's like the proverbial weight of restriction has left their shoulders because we nailed in on what that person was trying to do and now we've accepted that that isn't going to work and it's the mindset that needs to work and they've worked through that mindset during the week through journaling and through different things and actually fueling their exercise rather than punishing themselves. But the nights out aren't what derail people, it's what you do outside or afterwards. The next one is a really useful exercise. Is good enough versus perfect week. So if you get a pen and paper, divide a page into two, write out on a left-hand side what's a good enough week with nutrition and training for you, and then right on the right-hand side what's a perfect week. If nothing ramps up, kids aren't being little shites, nothing happens at work, you're not away, no meals out or whatever it may be, what would a perfect week of nutrition versus training look like? Then you can see black and white, red or blue, whatever color the pen are, and you can see exactly what a perfect week versus a good enough week looks like. Then you know that when 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 week when weeks ramp up, you can see that the good enough week it will probably aid you, and that could be right three meals, three main meals a day, getting a walk in the morning, and I'm going to get protein with most meals. Okay, that's good enough week. A perfect week could be. I'm going to be within my calorie range. I am going to train three times. I am going to walk every day and I'm going to get to bed by 11. That's a perfect week. And we look at the good enough week. That's probably the good enough week is probably going to move that dial a little bit closer than the perfect week all the time. So if you have that as a reminder in your notepad or on your phone saying that good enough week and move towards that good enough week when life ramps up. But it's going to be individual. Most people will always aim for perfect week and wonder why they don't get anywhere. It's aiming for good enough consistently will get you to your goal. It's like when you're saving for for a holiday or a mortgage, it's like there'll be some months that you're able to save more and there'll be some months that you'll be able to save less, but it's all towards a common goal. That common goal is that amount that you're aiming for and whatever moves it closer to that goal is what's going to aid it. And that's what the good enough versus perfect week looks like. The next one is progress pictures. Can be embraced rather than feared. A lot of people don't like doing the progress pictures. I've never liked doing the progress pictures. That's me being 100%. When I've had coaches, and I was talking to one of my old coaches there during the week, um, and I do not like doing progress pictures. Why? Because you're, you, you're lo- I used to not like them. I don't mind them now. But they're kind of like, they're almost a reality check of where you're at. And if we're not happy where we're at, this is kind of like, it can be a slap in the face for some people. And then the mind will always go to the negative of like, these certain comments that they use about themselves. That I shouldn't look like this. I'm ashamed. And it brings a shame cycle on themselves. But I want you to ask yourself the question of that's just a picture in time if you had a kid right now or if you've got nephews or nieces or your friends kids are around you would you be happy with them saying the things you're saying about yourself right now no i would be surprised if you said yes so the mind will always go to the negative that's what it does it's a protection tool that's what it does we're hardwired to protect ourselves goes into safety mode 
so when we we see something that we don't necessarily like our mind will go oh my hips my arms my stomach my belly whatever it may be and it will try to like well i need to crunch my way out of the belly fat well that's not going to work i need to do endless amounts of cardio in order to do x y and z i'm going to punish myself for looking like this but that's not addressing what it really is which is that pass fail mindset which is that food's in charge that we're not addressing the mindset we're we're guilting ourselves into change we're hating ourselves out of change and you need to look at it from a point of view of that could lead in with your non-scale victory this is a metric of progress if i see changes with the photos over time and i feel more comfortable in my skin but there will always be something that you don't necessarily like that's normal body acceptance isn't that you love your body every day that's not what it is people get that confused that's not what body acceptance is body acceptance is is accepting your body for what it is cellulite warts and all that's essentially what it is but progress pictures can help to see where your first starting point was and show you where you're at now especially if they await the weight stalls or whatever and your fat loss is still occurring and you're kind of like well this is what actually pictures look like your bloating is down your legs your bum is getting more round because of the hip thrust all these different things but it's kind of like and that fear is more what people of, of what other people think and looking for acceptance but not taking them is almost running away from the problem and maybe you're not ready for that and that's cool but it can help um i regret one of the biggest things i regret is not taking the progress pictures when i very 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 first started i remember taking them maybe three months in but and i was in a very bad place mentally and i look back at the photos now i think i shared it up my story recently enough i don't recognize the person in the photos um but the one thing i would say is if you ask an awful lot of people who started out in fitness journeys is not taking their progress pictures is the one thing that they kind of like they wish they did a little bit more of because it shows where you've come from and it shows the full journey rather than just kind of seeing it as changing changing weight has to go down fat loss has to happen all the time if you change your photo if you take your photos every month every three months every six months every year it can help and i really just help with coaches and stuff like that if you don't want them to be shared that's cool it's your body but i have a lot of transformations that i cannot use as transformations as transformation photos and that's cool it's their body i have no issue with it um but they took the progress pictures so it's more about what you care or what other people think um that's the reason you're not doing it potentially number 12 13 uh social media audit you need to do a social media audit so if you're looking at nutrition training fat loss weight loss slimming club accounts all the all the time and you're looking at what other people are doing and they're triggering you you have a personal responsibility to yourself to get them off your feed like if you're sitting there watching tiktok before you go to bed and you're watching these influencer models with the perfect bums perfect boobs all these kind of stuff or the lads with the pecs or whatever maybe and that's the last thing you take into your head before you go to bed that's going to stay in your head and then the first thing when you open up when you go in the morning you're on your phone again and you look at those people again 
no wonder your mind your mind is surrounded towards that's what i should look like you've created like that could be part of the fact that you've created that narrative that you have to look like that you don't have to look like that at all to be accepted yes there is fat phobia unfortunately in this world but you don't have to look a certain way to be accepted by society your your kids don't love you because of what you look like more often than not when you first met your partner potentially did it help so one of the reasons was what you look like but for long-term relationships to, to work it's generally it comes down to an emotional regulate emotional bond and a an ability to hold a conversation and you make each other laugh that's generally what most relationships last on if you're if you if you feel and feel great your confidence will be up all these kind of different things but you owe, you owe yourself a responsibility right now to go on your social media and delete accounts that are completely and utterly ramping bullshit into your head of nutrition and all these kind of different things. I'm so cautious of who I bring onto the podcast. So cautious. I've had so many people in the last little while trying to get on the podcast and they're promoting utter, utter shit. And I will not bring it into the ecosphere of what my job is right now. It's probably just trying to I have a sense of duty to bring on proper information onto this podcast. The la- the the last two are kind of interlinked, which is counselling and changing yourself out of hate rarely work well. Counselling is probably one of the most underutilized tools that people don't use enough of. Counselling saved my life. And if there's something that's happened in your life that's directing a lot of your actions and you've never really addressed them counseling is probably the tool for you and people will answer back of well i'm not bad enough to go to counseling i was like you shouldn't need to be bad enough to go to counseling you don't know what bad enough is but also if you had a broken arm or a you're one of your kids was struggling mentally you would make sure that they were looked after you need to put your own needs first most a lot of people struggle with that your needs are more important than everyone else's you've created a strategy or a structure in your head somewhere that everyone else is more important or what everyone else thinks is more important but realistically when it comes to it how you feel mentally will have a massive impact on how you do physically and mentally and get through the days if you've got those tools the rest is easy if you're six inches between your two ears is playing ball for you don't get me wrong you have low and high days don't get me wrong but having the tools to get through those lower days too many people think that life is going to be the straight line and Viktor Frankl I think it is the true meaning of life is suffering that's the quote because you cannot you cannot enjoy the good days if you don't have bad days but there's a lot of people having a lot more negative days than positive unfortunately at the minute and I really do hope that someone if you're struggling that you do go to get cancelling CBT I I put a lot of my clients towards certain people and refer out to kind of go to talk to CBT um, and like it's 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 they come back different people um it takes time to build up the confidence to do it. It's that fear factor. It's that fear of failing. It's that fear of judgment. 
it's the fear of being vulnerable fear of letting those stories go because those stories have become an identity for an awful lot of us and going to talk to someone was the best thing that I ever did I would not be here if I hadn't gone to talk to someone that's me being brutally honest uh, that's how bad it got um, so how to get results and keep it off you need to accept restriction suffering is not the answer weekly calorie average drop food guilt stop predicting the scales the goal can't always be fat loss or weight loss um, social support exercise for your health uh, relationship with food regular meals nights out are not what derail you good enough versus perfect progress pictures social media audit and counseling are the answers so there's an awful lot there and if i was to focus on one area right now i would probably say it's the number one and number two or probably number one two and you can do one right now you can do a social media audit right now you go to counseling right now if i was to look at some of them that i focus on right now is you need to accept restriction suffering isn't needed to get results and then aiming for a weekly calorie average would probably be the other ones but a social media audit you could all with all do it i know because the questions that are coming through in relation to some of the nutrition stuff that's kind of coming in about red meat cholesterol all this kind of thing i can see where you're getting the information from and it's not very conducive to what you want to do so if you have any questions pop us a message um and i will answer them as best i can so i really do hope that you've enjoyed that episode of the podcast and that was a live that i did with my female fat loss group that is on at the minute's february's intake and i really do hope that you've enjoyed it if you've enjoyed it please do like share tag me up on your stories there's an awful lot in it and it's going to be it's some of it can be hard to apply it's literally just quick little notes that i have in front of me and they're the first thing that kind of came to my head so if it's helped you please do share it leave a review up on itunes leave a review up on spotify and share it tag me in your stories and i'm looking forward to announcing what's happening next week if you want a sneak peek or if you want to ask me a question on it pop me a dm and i will let you know the secret before anyone else all right so talk to you soon guys thank you so much for listening